High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, vampires, werewolves, oh, and a special shout-out today to all you teenagers who fall in love with an infant baby. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, school's still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment. And I would like to see the results. First things first, in regards to your homework, make sure that you hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. And once you hit that subscribe button, write us a review or give us a five-star rating when applicable, please. All that helps the slumber party out. And of course, your homework assignment for today was to watch Twilight Breaking Dawn part one yes we're continuing our twilight forever series with kate hudson oh and this is a glorious episode it's a great episode but of course i want to remind you that you had homework to check out all the other episodes of high school slumber party at our archive at cageclub.me that's cageclub.me including monday's wonderful episode we had for the first time Ryan Stick of The Ryan Stick Show, and we talked Trick or Treat, the most metal high school horror movie ever. Check that episode out, and check out The Ryan Stick Show, please. It's awesome. I highly recommend his show, and I highly recommend that episode as well. Trust me, if you've never seen that movie, you're going to enjoy it. Maybe, well, I don't know if the Twilight crowd's going to enjoy it, but who cares? Let's all be the same crowd, guys. Let's all be slumberers together. I love it. And I know I promised you some high school movie news today, but to be honest with you, I've been super busy. It's been kind of a slow news week, so I'm gearing up for this Friday. Let's hope it happens. I know you love that high school movie news theme song. We're going to get it soon. Trust me. Don't worry. Whoa, 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 come on, the bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. I was just about to ask you if you have any cool Halloween plans. Be safe. Let's respect everyone, especially our healthcare heroes. But if you have any Halloween plans, or perhaps a cool costume that you're going to be dressed as this Halloween, it's Halloween season, it's a great season. So remember, you can let me know about what you're thinking this Halloween, on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or of course you can always email at highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. That is highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. And I'm going to tell you right now, we've recorded some other Halloween episodes. They're great. Stay tuned. Oh, I can't wait for you to hear them. But of course, I can't wait for you to hear this episode 
as well. Kate Hudson is back, as I said. We're talking another Twilight film. And yeah, if you're just dropping in today and you're like, you're talking Twilight, go back and listen to all the other Twilight episodes that we've done in the past. They're awesome. It's my first watch on all of them, including this one today, Breaking Dawn Part 1. But Kate is an expert, and she takes me along the way with this crazy, crazy, crazy series. And I'm all in at this point. So without further ado, pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother you're sleeping with O'Brien's, because we're about to get our party on. I leave you with a song from the Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1 soundtrack and tapes by The Joy Formidable. These are always great soundtracks. Even if you're a hater, you're going to like these soundtracks. Class dismissed. Halloween film. It's Halloween month. I know people don't consider it that, but I said, why the hell not? We haven't talked about one in a while. Let's talk another Twilight. So first, Kate, how you've been? I'm doing as well as anyone could be in this hellscape of 2020. How about you? <laughs> uh, not too bad. I mean, again, all things considered, but you know, this is a, it's an interesting film. It, it's a good, f- <laughs> but honestly, honestly, just to recap for all you out there, we've of course been covering all the Twilight films and our Twilight Forever series. This is my first watch of Breaking Dawn Part 1. I'm excited to talk about it. You were setting me up for something that was like not the best, and I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised because I do have a lot of questions, and I feel like there's enough to talk about here. So uh, that's how I'm doing. I'm all Twilighted up. <laughs> Do you know that there's such a premium because everybody is obsessed with the before times and nostalgia right now that there's such a premium on Twilight stuff that I can't get a couple of like Twilight movie related books I want because assholes on eBay are asking like $120 for them. Wow. The Twilight Encyclopedia, which I've been known to reference on this series, yeah. that's going for like $100 on Amazon and I bought it for 5 in January. Oh my god. Yeah. You know that whole thing is like if you buy a car and suddenly you see everyone with that car or anything like that, right? Like you you know, you know, adopt a, a dog and then you see other dogs that look like that. It's like that natural brain thing that, oh, maybe I wasn't noticing this before. So I wasn't sure if like I'm seeing 
all these people talk about Twilight because I finally started watching Twilight and maybe I was ignoring it before, or if there's some kind of like huge ass Twilight revival because it seems like everyone's talking Twilight these days. It's a huge ass revival because I mean, it's not hard to like think why those movies came out during the Obama years when everything was fine and safe. Like, <laughs> there were no pandemics during Obama's years, not to make this too political, but I mean, I've been living in the 90s. Like, I've like been watching Con Air more than normal. <laughs> so, like, twice a month. <laughs> Did you happen to catch, I'm not sure how much of a podcast fan you are, so Mark Marin just had on John Cusack, and I was like, John Cusack? I gotta listen to this. Um, oh. Doesn't talk a lot about teen films. You could tell he's, you know, he's John Cusack, but... He confirms, it is related to something we talked about on Say Anything, he confirms why Danny Trejo said he was the biggest badass on Con Air. Why? Because of the sandals? Running in sandals? It's actually because, and it goes back to, like I said, Say Anything. That's when we discussed what he's get, he was getting really into, like, something, right? Like, oh, kickboxing, kickboxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sport of the future. Yes. <laughs> the gym he, and I think we talked about this on the episode, the gym he's at in say anything is his actual gym and he really started training then as you brought up but apparently that guy he trained with is like a legitimate badass like this guy trained jackie chan he trained everyone and cusack like he was saying in the interview like he took it so super seriously and that guy is from like the same neighborhood as danny trejo and that guy basically was like yo john cusack could kick your ass and anyone's ass on the con air set so (laughs) And Cusack didn't deny it. He was like, look, I was in the prime shape of my life during Con Air. I was like at a perfect fighting weight. And I was like, whoa. So it's not like a ha-ha John Cusack, really. Apparently, he legitimately could kick anyone's ass on the Con Air set if he wanted to. That's amazing. Well, you know, in a Gross Point Blank, which came out the same year, the little creepy Eastern European uh, assassin that he kills with the pen at the high school reunion. That was his kickboxing coach. Yes, yes. And he brings that up a lot in the podcast as well. And he said he wanted that scene to just be so realistic and a true fight with his master. And I'm like, this is awesome, John Cusack. Thanks for the brief insight because you never give it. But <laughs> So, yeah, exactly. So, like, that's the guy who apparently, like, Danny Trejo legitimately is afraid of himself. And that's why that's why he's, again, John Cusack, the legitimate badass. How do we start talking about Connor? Oh, wait. You're my guest today. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I got so drunk the other night and I bought a Slovenian Conair poster and I have no idea what I'm going to do with it? Oh my god. That's <laughs> that's awesome. Is it different than the regular Conair poster? It is. It's cooler. So like the regular Conair poster is like way too into like the fiery like Conair logo. Like the Slo- oh, yeah. the Slovenian poster is a full body of Cusack, Cage and Malkovich. So I was like that's cool. I was very drunk. I also bought a signed Conair still from John Cusack. I don't know what I was thinking. I just... Oh, my God. That's awesome. (laughs) It won't encourage me because this whole thing is like... My friends and I call it Gremlin. Like, Gremlin Kate when she comes out to play. Like, I got way too drunk this Friday. (laughs) And I did my taxes. So, like, you never know what you're going to get with this bitch. Like, she's insane. And, like, she just does random shit. So... Yeah, so she's done a lot of, like, gremlin stuff during quarantine this year. And I'm hoping that, like, she gets... I'm trying not to drink that much because gremlin cake comes out and it's like, oh, you need... Oh, by the way, I also bought a gross point blank, like, full-size poster for, like, $10. I'm an idiot. I I don't think you're an idiot. I don't want to be an enabler to this, but I quite enjoy... 
the gremlin Kate so, but I won't be an enabler today. It's, it's a Sunday morning today. We're just having a, a casual Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1 brunch. Nothing crazy. I'm sober. I'm drinking a Diet Coke, so. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's totally fine because this this is just Part 1. There's going to be a Part 2 that inevitably I'm very oh. curious about. But before it's any bananas. of that. It's bananas. I can only like, imagine. It's so bad. Sorry, sorry, go on, go on. <laughs> well, I just want to get our formalities on the way because, you know, once okay. once the train gets out of the station, we just keep going. So uh, let's see, what formality? Oh, you have to introduce yourself. I'm Kate Hudson, East Anchorage Class of 2002. Tubers let the dogs out. Hoo, 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 hoo. There we go. Back to, back to the dogs out chant. Love it. <laughs> uh, okay, so I could not find a good back of DVD picture for Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1. <laughs> So we can skip that if you want. Whatever. Look, this is, if you're not familiar at this point, if you're just jumping in to Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1 episode, I mean, I don't know. Where have you been? Go listen to all the other episodes first. But Exactly. Where did we even leave off? Oh, um, he's like, we have to go tell your dad that we're getting married. Yes, yes, yes. That's where we left off. Good. <laughs> yes. So before, though, we do get in, I think we pretty much have recapped Twilight news. There's a lot of happening, so I'm sure we missed some stuff. Um, I read the other day Robert Pattinson and uh, the director of the Batman movie might not be getting along, but that's just a rumor. Hopefully it's not the case because we do want to see him in this Batman film. Oh, yeah. He's going to be great. He's going to be so weird. I love him. He's He's really my favorite. I love him. He's so weird. Like the scene where he just <laughs> gives his wife a vampire cesarean. It's like, it's, it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> well... I thought the rumor was interesting and related to what we're talking about because apparently it stems from Robert Pattinson not getting in shape during quarantine and showing up to set <laughs> out of shape. And would that shock us from what we've learned so far? No. Not really. I mean, that's on you. Like, okay, first off, I find that extremely relatable because who among us hasn't just been stress eating pizza the entire time? Of course. Like, why would you expect this guy, who is by all accounts one of the most neurotic, like, depressive actors out there, to, like, sit there and, like, eat healthy and exercise? Yeah, not very realistic. And the fact that we already learned what his diet is like from that earlier interview. I forgot who, who did the interview, but... I mean, so, like, it seemed believable, I guess. Um, but hopefully that doesn't deter them. I read some of the trivia for this film, and apparently he got in really great shape to shoot this famous, ooh, we finally get it, the famous Bella and Edward sex scene in this. Uh, and then apparently after that, he just did not care about the way he looked. For, so I love him so much for his chaotic self. Like, I, I really, like... I, you know, I lived in LA, so I'm never like, oh, this actor and I can be friends because every actor I've ever met is fucking crazy. No offense to all the <laughs> actors out there. But I really do feel like our Pats and I would have a weird bond where we would intrinsically understand our chaotic selves. He does seem very relatable for someone who should not be relatable at all, if that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I just really got to respect a guy who got that. Well, first off, why does Batman have to be ripped? Like, that's stupid. He's a rich guy. Like, he could just buy a muscle suit. You know? It's true. It's true. <laughs> I think our Pats is steering us to a more realistic take on celebrities. But I also think it's really relatable that now he's in his early 30s and his metabolism is starting to go to shit just like all of ours is. That's realistic. I <laughs> <laughs> love him. Our chaotic king. <laughs> all right. So whew. the director of this one is Bill Condon. He'll direct the next one, too. Mm -hmm. Same writer, though. 
I mean, I just I don't just mean Stephanie Meyer, obviously, uh, but Melissa Rosenberg wrote the screenplay for this as well. And of course, and this is why I need you on this this episode because while I saw this movie once, and I know you've seen it, what'd you tell me five times probably during quarantine, Easily. maybe six? Easily. <laughs> <laughs> I did not read the book, and just to clarify, I'm assuming Breaking Dawn Part 1 and 2 are one book, or are they actually Correct. two books? Correct. It's one book broken out in three one parts. Book. One book in three parts. Oh, that's interesting. But it's one book. It's one physical thing, but it's distinctly Part 1, Part 2, Part 3. So I know, like, whenever I've seen, like, Harry Potter books on a shelf, you see, like, the first one, and it looks like a little paperback, and then you, like, you see them go up in terms of page length. Was this one, like, the biggest book of them all? Or... It was, but Stephanie Meyer really doesn't know plot, so, like, all of her other books are about <laughs> this size. I think maybe it's 100 pages more. Gotcha, Not gotcha. a lot more. They're all, like, 500 pages. So originally it was criticized. I mean, not really criticized. People knew why they were doing it. But it was, we'll say it was pointed out when these films were coming out that, like, maybe they didn't need to break this up into two parts. But it was certainly, you know, a cash grab. And, I mean, duh, like, the budget was $110 million and it ended up making $712 million. And considering you have a part two along the way, I mean, I get their reasoning. But, again, without going to spoilers of the second Breaking Dawn Part 2... Do you think that's the case, or did this truly warrant two films? I think that in order to make Breaking Dawn Part 2 the bananas, like, what the fuck is this movie that they needed to make, or that they did make, they needed to make Breaking Dawn Part 1, but I always think Breaking Dawn Part 1 is really thin in what it covers. Like, it's it's not a lot. It's basically the anti-abortion movie. Like, it's that's all <laughs> it is. Well, you said it. It was one of my talking points here. <laughs> But they are in an awkward position, right? Like, you're not going to attach this to the end of the last one. If you're saying so much does happen in part two, and I'm taking your word for it, you kind of have to do this. And it's funny because, like, it, it, the first half of the movie is very... its not, I don't want to say it's slow, but, but it's very much... If I had not seen the other Twilight films, this would be, like, in my like just peering into their lives for like a while like am i just watching someone's wedding video creepily <laughs> you know what i mean this is like one of the longer wedding scenes i've ever seen yeah but that's the payoff no 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 but that's like we're not in this for like the bella edward love story you and i we're in this for like the did that just happen like this is bananas <laughs> but you have to keep in mind that for a very large swath like the majority of the popularity of the series is edward and bella which makes total sense you know makes total sense and i get it and honestly that's why i didn't hate it so much because yes i wasn't in it for that but no. i also i'm very curious you know the way i'm watching these films i'm very curious what's going to happen so it's not like i was tuning it out at all uh, and I was waiting for this consummation of it because, Kate, and I want you to reiterate this to our, uh, you know, our listeners out there. What is Bella's main goal in life again? All Bella wants to do is to get laid and become a vampire. That's it. Exactly. And this is finally the film that we get those things. Right? Wait, do you not love that there is a montage about her trying to have sex with her husband and him just pushing her away? <laughs> like, it's the best thing in the world. Uh, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. So the other interesting fact I found that they were really looking for someone to hit a home run with these final two films. And Summit, who, you know, the producers, they really wanted... 
um, the person to direct them to direct them both. And they eventually settled on Bill Condon. And what is he most known for? I'm not even sure. Oh, he, of course. Yeah, he does a lot of those musical films, right? He did, uh, he did Dream Girls. He did right? Dream Girls. I think he did the Chicago, uh, whatever, like this, the movie, you know, the adaptation movie. So it's not like he wasn't a name. This is probably our biggest name director that we've gotten so far but they were looking for a name and they made that clear Sofia Coppola was actually very interested however she only wanted to direct one of them and Summit was not cool with that the other name that was floated uh, floated out there was Gus Van Zandt so that's interesting too (laughs) I don't know what that would have been like (laughs) I think Sofia Coppola would have been too introspective and nasal like navel gazy for this i don't think she does big blockbusters no and honestly i was thinking about this and look again i don't know what happens in part two but i think she would have probably been better for part one yeah i could see her doing something like this but for all the rumors i've heard about part two i don't know if that's gonna that would have been okay (laughs) and maybe and maybe that's why maybe she's like look i love part one i want to do part one i have no interest in part two so who knows but no they ended up deciding on bill condon and again i get it um, he probably was the right choice for them because of like just his style and stuff. And then, of course, another thing I wanted to point out that I found this film interesting is that up until the end, and when I say the end, I mean post-credits end, mm. our bad guys are not, you know, there's not they're not Volteri, they're not uh, whatever those other people were called. I forgot who we just killed. Um, those bad vampires. We don't have like what? Sorry. That's what, that's what the bad vampires were called, the newborns. Yeah, the newborns. Um, it wasn't like, again, their Seattle army coming in. This movie is just back to a struggle between wolf boys and vampire team. <laughs> well, and it, it solves the eternal struggle of who's Bella going to pick because Jacob was always in love with her ovaries and not her. <laughs> wow. Yes. I mean, we knew she what was going to happen, but not what exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> You know, and I can't wait to get into it for sure. But in terms of cast, same old people, same old people as always. I'm happy we got to see some people who I didn't think we'd see again. But let, let's talk about it. Let's talk about basically the opening of this movie and I guess the first part of it, which is finally we get it. The truest expression of love you can get. A wedding. A wedding between vampire and mortal. Bella and Edward's wedding day. Your thoughts, Kate. So I want to bring up something pre-wedding day because I've noticed this for for the first time and I I want to get your take on this. So the night before they're supposed to get married, Edward, like a creep, goes into Bella's bedroom, as he always does. Only this time his brothers come to take take him for his bachelor party. Have you noticed that nobody in Twilight knows how to roughhouse? Like every single movie, they will, <laughs> they will have a scene of like men roughhousing, and this was the scene right here. Like he roughhouses with his brothers, and all they do is just sort of like awkwardly push each other around and like pawn each so other. So phony, right? So phony. It's in every movie. The first one, it's Billy and um Charlie roughhousing. The second movie, it's the Wolf Boys roughhousing. I'm sure there's one in the third movie too. But, like, they don't know how to roughhouse in this movie series. This whole bachelor party, <laughs> like, just the silliness of it all. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I guess they're going on a hunt. Whatever. But just, I was like, 
oh yeah, these guys are brothers. I totally not that I forgot, but like they just don't feel that way. Like they don't feel like they grew up together. They didn't grow up together. You know what I mean? They don't yeah, feel yeah. like they've spent the last hundred years together. No, because nobody knows how to roughhouse in Twilight. Like they can make sure <laughs> that they all get like ripped for these movies, but they can't teach them basic human interaction. Amazing. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Robert Pattinson just didn't like him. Who knows? But it's 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 so silly. It's amazing. I do like it because it is not the roughhousing, but just I like what what's happening overall because it is like this weirdo, very everything. How can I put it? Everything goes the most traditional way possible, despite the fact that this is like a vampire and a mortal person, and it's there's a that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I mean, go ahead. No, no. I mean, I think your Mormon theory is right. But there's that whole thing um, where Edward's like, you know, Bella, I got to tell you something. And she's like, what? Are you not a virgin? And I'm like, oh, this is going to add some drama here. This is cool. Like, maybe she'll care. Maybe she won't care. But and then they go into, off to this little segue. And I thought it was going to be like, yeah, you know, I, I had some single days because whatever. He's just like a He's a guy. He's a single. He was a single guy. He maybe he wanted to experiment. Maybe he I, is that really even experimenting? You know what I mean. He just wanted to <laughs> be a normal person. But it was no. He was just like a bad dude for a couple years. So it was a tease that I thought we were getting something more interesting sexually, but it wasn't. Apparently, he still is a virgin. Not anymore. Well, no, no, not anymore. But before the wedding, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I just so my favorite thing. I think I brought this up before, but my favorite thing in the books is basically Edward is a virgin, and every night he hears his brothers and sisters and vampire parents bone for twelve hours. Like that has to drive him insane, literally insane. Yeah, <laughs> I'm mean, just obsessed with it. I just like it's my favorite thing because it's like this explains so much of why he's such a head case. I mean, it's true, but it also doesn't explain to me why he waited till Bella. But again, as you say, she's special, so. I don't understand any immortals hang up on monogamy that are, it's just all Mormon propaganda. That's the only way to explain it. Okay. So this is going to be Mormon insider baseball, but basically you are not allowed to have a strapless wedding dress if you get married, which is why it's interesting in her dream where all of her loved ones are dead. She's whoring it up in her strapless wedding dress, but her legit wedding oh. dress is full sleeve, is like full sleeves, because that's what Mormons have to dress modestly for their wedding day. I get it. I get it. I mean, you know, the, I feel like there's a lot of propaganda in this film, but you know, I, oh god, this whole. Do you know how many? Like, do you know how many weddings I went to for eighteen-year-olds? Seriously, growing up, so many. I'm glad you gave me that insight like early on, because I, again, I didn't know the mormon connection here i didn't know like there was a reading of that that's this because yes a, a bunch of people are like wait she's 18 this is weird but not enough of them you know for example like her mom is so happy that this is happening and i'm like why mom you know <laughs> because renee's a terrible mother that's why <laughs> oh god i mean Hard to argue. She's like, this is great. Charlie's a little bit more apprehensive, but I thought it was going to be a bigger deal. Um, Charlie's not in this film a lot, and I, I just thought it was going to be a bigger deal, like his, uh, him being against everything that's happening. He wasn't happy, but he also wasn't like really putting up much of a fight. I guess he's not paying for the wedding. The vampire largesse is paying for the wedding. <laughs> you know, they're moving everything around. What's her name? I always forget her name. The one I really like. Uh, Alice or Esme. Alice, Alice. 
she's like you know wedding coordinator here she's ordering her brothers around to make this woodland lord of the rings themed wedding beautiful and it, you know, it is pretty it is pretty and it, you know but the saving grace of this wedding for me what made this wedding so enjoyable were her high school friends being there oh yeah Jessica has the best line of the entire thing. And what's that? The one where she's like, so how soon do we, do we expect her to start showing or something? Exactly, right? <laughs> I remember being at a wedding with an ex-girlfriend of mine and kind of being the Jessica. And not saying that like, oh, she's pregnant. I'm not, you know, not that far. But, you know, playfully pointing things out and being, I don't want to say mean, but just ha-haing and making jokes. She was like, Shh, this is a wedding. It's meant to be meant to be taken seriously. I'm like, I don't know if it's going to work out with this person. I didn't break up with her because of that reasoning, but it was like, you know, I I, I kind of need someone that I could Jessica it up, you know, at a wedding with. And I I love this group. Like, you know, let's be realistic here. Let's call things as it is. This is an 18 year old not marrying. They don't know he, Edward's a vampire, but and they think he's 18 too. They just think there's two 18 year olds and things are really weird and. Some cousins from Alaska are there. No offense to Alaska, but oh, shout out to Alaska, right? We got an Alaska yeah. shout out here. Come on, come on. The Denali cousins. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I like when we have these moments in movies and there are some realistic people there who are being like, you know, like if we were at their table the entire time, they'd be like, what the hell is that person wearing? Or, oh my God, look at the drunk uncle. Like, that's the table <laughs> I want to be at. I agree. I agree. I, th- I thought it was a great send off to the high school friends that we know Bella is never going to see again whatsoever. <laughs> and is that, oh, don't spoil it for me, but is that, no, oh, don't spoil it for me. Never mind. I don't know. If, do we never see them again? Wait, wait, I'm going to tell you, we never see them again because the next movie with no spoilers is all about tying up the vampire storyline. So that oh, was their send off. Yeah, that's. Well, like- I'm glad we got one though. Then if that's the case, I'm glad we got one. Oh, yeah. Well, so one of the things I want to bring up, because I did reread the stories this year as well, and I think it explains a lot about Charlie, is that in the movies, I don't know if you've noticed this, he's always drinking beer. Like, there's not one scene, I think, Mm. where he's not not just, you know, knocking him back. So I think the subtext here is that Charlie's just drunk the entire time to not deal with the fact his 18-year-old daughter is marrying at the age he married at. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess that is some powerful insight there. But, you know, you bring up a good point, too. That's why I was confused that the mom wasn't, like, more, hey, are you sure you want to do this kind of thing. In the books, she's, like, Bella's worried that her mom's going to be like that because her mom was always, like, never get married. And, like, keep in mind, if Bella's 18, that means her, her parents are 36, and yet all her sets of grandparents are dead. So, like, the gene pool ain't great there. Like, no offense <laughs> anything. Because it means that her grandparents died in their, their 50s. So maybe Bella is right to, like, pursue immortality because it seems like her people don't live very long. But Renee's a terrible mom in the book, too. So she's just like, oh, it's okay if it's what you want. Just flash forward to the baby naming. I, I did find it interesting <laughs> that she gets part of the baby's name because she is so terrible. And, like, you know, Charlie was never considered. Uh, so... What's up with that? But I guess she wanted to name her, if it was a boy, after the two people who were into her, because that's normal. Anyway. <laughs> it's so fun. I got to tell you, though, like, I don't know if you've ever looked up Utah baby names, but Renesmee. <laughs> no, I, I have not. She fits right in. Like, there are some, like, it is, it's hard to explain, especially if you weren't raised Mormon, especially if you don't 
if you've never been to Utah, but there are like some, oof. the name Dolan is one of the like most popular Utah names in the, like in that wow. state. Because it's Mormon. It. Exactly. The point is, is Renesme, Renesme is not that far from left field for a Utah Mormon baby name. Just insight from my side of things, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm Dominican and Dominican people I know have similar baby naming customs that are very terrible. Renesme sounds like a Dominican person's name too. So Utah, <laughs> Latinos, the one place that there's solidarity. <laughs> That, which is very popular to combine, like, two people's names. Like, uh, <laughs> We'll get into the Renesme stuff, though. We will for sure. What would you think of just the overall uh, wedding, you know? The romance, the, the, uh, <laughs> the bad cousins even, you know, the some wolf people being there. Jacob's little entrance. What was your whole thoughts on the, uh, the whole wedding? I want to say scene, but it's a good wedding 45 minutes. gentlemen, we are gathered here on this glorious day to witness the union of Edward Cullen and Bella Swan. Please repeat after me. I, Edward Cullen. I, Edward Cullen. Take you, Bella Swan. Take you, Bella Swan. To have and to hold. I was a quick wet. To have and to hold. To follow the force. Richard, the poor. part in all of it and it's blink if you'll miss it is when they're driving off and everyone's cheering them and then rosalie's just making out with emmett paying attention it is like my i don't think i've talked yeah it's rosalie and emmett are just making out as they're driving away like they're like everyone else is like smiling and waving and cheering rosalie's just making out with emmett it's amazing oh my god i didn't notice that it is. Well, so I haven't actually talked about this, I think, on an entire series, but Rosalie is by far my favorite Twilight character of all time. Of all time. She is just a self-centered bitch, but she is such a badass. Like, it's, she's, I, just, <laughs> I, I think it's a real power move to throw it in your, you know, your sister's face, your sister-in-law's face at her wedding. That You give so little fucks about her that you're just going to make out during, like, her big send-off. I just, I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's pretty is, badass. I didn't even right? know this. 
And then, like, the entire movie, when, not to get too far ahead, when Bella enlists Rosalie to, like, help her, like, save the baby, like, you know Rosalie could give two fucks if Bella lives or dies. She only wants that baby. (laughs) (laughs) I I know that we're supposed to be like, ah, Rosalie's not as good as Alice, but if you think of Rosalie in a vacuum, she's by far the best character Stephanie Meyer has ever come up with. Like, she (laughs) she was gang raped and left for dead. And then, yeah, they talk about this more in the books, but she has by far the most robust sex life out of all the vampires. So somehow she overcame that trauma to, like, be empowered by her sexuality. She gives no fucks about anybody else's drama. She's just, like, she knows what she wants. And then when she's finally given the opportunity to get it, she seizes it. And, like, she's a mercenary about it. Like, that's amazing that the, like that character could be written into a Mormon woman's anti-choice propaganda. Yeah, yeah, I mean... You know, thank you for the insight. Would never. I mean, it's not out of left field because you notice that, but it's just not not something that they highlight in the films. She's certainly not a. You know, the films are all like, "Ooh, Alice, she's perfect." She, you know, she's not Bella perfect, but she'll like, she's giving up her whole not giving up, but just everything about Alice is like to make this wedding great or make. And is it self serving? Maybe a little bit, but oh, totally. I mean, she's she's as controlling over Bella as Edward is. And, like, she's probably even worse because she can see, like, definite, like, infinite futures for them. And then she gets to pick and choose the one she wants for Bella. So, like, she's just Ooh. as bad. But Rosalie is there giving no fucks. And, like, <laughs> Stephanie Meyer wrote her as, like, just a vapid idiot. She inadvertently created this badass vampire who, like... I don't know if they ever talk about it in the movies, but I know in the book she never tasted human blood. So that last scene in Eclipse where they show her in the wedding dress just killing her rapists, like that was just for shits and giggles. Like that was just... Oh, wow. Rosalie just like... It was great. Rosalie, listen, if there's one takeaway I want anybody who's listened to the series so far to have is that don't sleep on Rosalie. Rosalie is by far the best character. Maybe we'll get like a Rosalie uh, per, uh, perspective book like we we got an Edward one. Oh, she hates Rosalie. Like she fucking hates Rosalie. They talk about, so Edward gives more insight into Rosalie in Midnight Sun. And it's just as like, Rosalie's always thinking about herself. Rosalie's kind of jealous of Bella. It's like, no, don't ruin, don't ruin Rosalie for me. She's, she's a badass. <laughs> Kate, I know you do not like fanfic. So, I hate it. so throw that aside. You are a professional writer. <laughs> you write the Rosalie version and then pitch it. Maybe someone will pick it up. Who knows? I mean, I- I'll read it. That'll be the only Twilight book I read. <laughs> Rosalie, I mean, listen, Stephanie Meyer is just sleeping on Rosalie and she shouldn't because it's clear she likes every other Cullen or Hale better than Rosalie. And Rosalie is by far the best, period. Shout out to Rosalie. Team Rosalie. Always and forever. Whatever Rose, like I don't even love the anti. I hate the anti-choice message, but I love how Rosalie has been very clear that she wants a baby, and that's why she's always hated this vampire life because she can't have a baby. And then once that's presented to her, she's like, "Cool, I will. I will murder <laughs> Jacob for this happily." And like you know, Rosalie could take Jacob out. Oh yeah, I don't doubt that. She is vicious and she is calculating. She would. She could easily take Jacob out. <laughs> I mean, speaking of Jacob, what do you think of, I guess, his little uh, wedding entrance? 
And just like what his role here is at the wedding. His role at the wedding is to ruin the wedding. So good job, Jacob. Like nailed it. The thing about Jacob is like, I know we're supposed to be like, oh, he's like, he's better for Bella, but he's just as controlling. And he just becomes a real like piece of shit in this movie. Like even worse than normal. This movie, man, how everybody wants to force her to have an abortion. It's like, cool, cool. This this doesn't feel like scary in 2020. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just in, in regards to Jacob, I still don't get this, the Jacob appeal. And especially here when he's, I don't know, like, wh- what did Edward expect? He's like, ooh, I got a surprise for you, Bella. It's the guy who hates me, who doesn't want us to get married. Talk to him. And then, whatever, maybe it's Edward being a nice guy, but... I don't know how he's continuous, Jacob, I'm saying, I don't know how he's continuously surprised about what's happening here. Like, wait, you love Edward? Like, you're, you're marrying him? You're going to have a baby with him? Like, I get it. I'm su- I, I think people should be surprised. And, oh, my God, you're 18. You had sex once and you're going to have a baby. Not in the way of, like, you're not in love with me. Like, get over it, man. At this point, come on. And the, the entire, he's just angry. He's just angry the entire film. Because he's in love with her ovaries. And what do you mean by when you say that? That the whole explanation of why he's always been drawn to her is because he felt Renesmee's essence in her body. Before? Wait, so that's not... Okay. I mean, maybe we'll that... talk about this more with imprinting, but that's not... <laughs> we'll talk about more with imprinting because th- we're going to go off on a tangent there. But if that's the case, I have a lot of questions. Forget it, Jake. It's Twilight, baby. Like, it's Chinatown. <laughs> you just got to walk away. <laughs> I hope the series ends like that. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, the series ends? Oh, my God. Don't, don't I can't wait me. to talk to you the way, about the way it ends. Because don't it's tell me. so dumb. Don't tell me. Listen, all I can say is about Edward is up until like the bitter, bitter end, he was always hoping that she would reject the life of a vampire. And secretly, even though it would kill him, he wanted her to go with Jacob because he thought it would be a better life for her. How noble. He's just, honestly, it's taken me two months to finish Midnight Sun, and I'm still 200 pages away because he stresses me out. <laughs> like his I was internal. Ask. It's like his, it's just constant angst. And it's like, like Bella's just like a vapid dummy, so her internal thoughts are pretty easy to process because she has none. But he, like, holy shit, he's just a ball of nerves the entire time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I could see that. I mean, <laughs> so we'll take a little segue then. Midnight Sun so far, despite all that, is it worth the read? Oh, God, yeah. It's Twilight. Of course it is. <laughs> and, like, you get a little bit of insight into what was going on. A lot of it's just a retread of Twilight, but I like Twilight. So, but like I said, it has taken me two months, and I'm 200 pages away from finishing it. We're, I feel like we're getting a lot of, like, t-shirt material today you know team team rosalie For, forget it forget it jacob it's twilight you know right? <laughs> i can seriously talk about twilight forever i could do a whole rosalie focused like series on this just breaking down what rosalie's doing she's she's like alice is psycho i like alice but alice is psycho jasper is like he doesn't even need to be there but rosalie and emmett like those two those two are interesting to me that's why it's twilight forever like, seriously, can we also talk about how just, like, stupid these immortal beings are? Like, how is it, like, if your son's going to marry a human, you don't do the basic due diligence of, like, okay, well, let's see what happens if they have sex, right? Let's see what happens if she gets pregnant. Because clearly, 
you can't always just pull out some magical indigenous person to tell you about their customs. Although Stephanie Meyer would have you believe you could, because there's always one there. And also, dude, I grew up in Alaska with like a very large indigenous population. I guarantee you they weren't sitting around talking about what the white girls were doing all the time. Like it's, <laughs> it's crazy to me that this entire tribe is obsessed with Bella Swan, just like everybody else is. Everyone in this world is. Everyone in this world is. It's insane. <laughs> Especially them. Just quickly, because you brought up the vampire thing. Those, like, Alaskan cousins and stuff, they're upset because the wolves are at the wedding? Yeah, so remember Laurent, the dude with the dreads from yes, the first yes. movie, who gets killed in the yes. second movie by the wolves? Yes. He, he went up to Denali and started screwing around with Maggie Grace from Lost. And because oh. they're all about monogamy... They became mates, and then he came down as a, as a favor for Victoria, saw Bella and was going to kill her. And, but Maggie Grace was like, no, he, he wouldn't do that. But we all know he did. So Yeah, that's, okay, okay. That's why Maggie Grace is upset. Gotcha. I was, I was, it made sense, but, you know, I was just curious. So any, anything else at the uh, wedding scene that we really need to discuss, or should we move on to this tropical Brazilian honeymoon? I mean, I think we, I mean, I always come up with 15 things after the fact but yeah let's move on to the sex and that's why <laughs> that's why it's twilight forever but let's do it let's do it let's get to this honeymoon i mean one first of all i do not care and i get their security reasons you gotta at least tell charlie where you're going on a honeymoon taking his daughter you know why why because because charlie is i'm sorry i just feel so bad for charlie he's a warrior he's always drinking like <laughs> that's why he doesn't care he's drunk <laughs> but he wanted he... to know yeah but you don't think he didn't up his beer intake the moment that they left come on <laughs> okay okay i mean you know i shipped him and alice so Ew. i'm doing it i'm still doing it i'm gonna assume he's upset because he realized he doesn't have a chance with alice anymore alice is older than him that is true. Because remember, again, in the books, like, he and Renee are, like, 36. Like, they're my age, basically. Like, it's insane. I love it. You could have a daughter like Bella. Ooh, is she special? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, and again, it's hard to see as a film watcher, but learning that from you, it's it's weird. Regardless, whatever. They go to Brazil. Um First, they see, like, Carnival in Rio. And honestly, like, being in COVID times, like, and, and this has happened in a lot of movies, I'm like, wait, they're not wearing masks. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I know. It's so I weird. I know. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. It's so weird. But then, I, I guess they have a private boat, or they rent a private boat, and jet off to an island that apparently is a gift. Uh, or I don't know if the island is a gift, or just the vacation is a gift from Carlisle. but. No, the island. Keep in mind, these guys have hundreds of millions of dollars. So that whole island is now their island. Well, it has been for a while. He, compounding interest alone, if Carlisle just had like 20 pounds when he was turned into a vampire in like 1600s London, it's probably like, what? <laughs> how many hundreds of millions does that turn into over 400 years? Oh, for sure. I just, I was surprised. And I mean, it's a beautiful island with uh, caretakers and uh, a house and... Uh, all that, a very romantic spot. I think anyone would enjoy it on their honeymoon. Very beautiful. And yeah, it's a, it's, it gets weird because it's like, you would think that, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess what's your, what are your thoughts on 
the sex scene, which, by the way, originally was graphic enough to give this film an R rating, and they had to cut it down. But uh, what are your thoughts on the sexy times that happen here in The Honeymoon? I mean, my initial thoughts are you dummies went to Phoenix in the first movie because you couldn't figure out a place to stash Bella, and yet you had this fucking (laughs) private island like in the fourth movie, and it didn't occur to you that maybe she'd be safer there in a fortress surrounded by water where you'd see James coming. But okay, cool. Cool. Oh my god, I didn't even realize that, but good call. Yeah, what the fuck? That's right, and wait, wait, and then let's talk about how they have access to a private jet in this movie, but in the second movie, they flew like Virgin America over to Italy. <laughs> like, how does this make sense? Maybe Carlisle decided to cash in his money between these films, and suddenly he has access to all this, and before he was just like saving it. Maybe he had it buried under the house, who knows? I mean, fair, but... Edward actually has all the money in that family because his dad was a banker in the teens. And so every 40 years, he inherits his money from himself. So, oh, yeah. And then you have Alice who can read the future. So all you have to do is make a few savvy investments in the stock market and you're set for like forever. Why do they all live in the same house? Couldn't they, if they're that rich, just like, or even not just like if they want to be near each other, build a compound or something like why do they all have to live in the same house? I don't have an answer for you. All I can tell you (laughs) is in the books, they at least mention how sometimes Rosalie and Emmett have too much sex around them. So they insist they get their own cottage away from them for a few years. Oh, this Rosalie story is getting very intriguing. Right. And they say it is like a bad thing. They're like, oh, they're so obnoxious. All they're all ever doing is boning. I'm like, no, that's (laughs) pretty. I mean, what else would you do if you're a vampire and you have forever? I mean, yeah. (laughs) So that's my initial thoughts. I have to also... Give a shout out to this lady on Etsy who has a shop called A Twilight Forest because she made a paper cutout of Edward and Bella basically doing it in the ocean. And I definitely bought that and I definitely have it on display in my. Oh, my God. Are you serious? (laughs) I swear to God, it's my favorite thing. It's like I saw that and it was so obscene because it's basically them naked in the water. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. So what would you think of it, though? What would you think of, uh, you know. Or what are your thoughts, since you've thought about it for many, many years now? <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts of the first time that our couple uh, gets to have sex, that Bella gets her goal that you always say, and it's in the ocean like that? I'm just I'm just proud of our girl, man. I mean, she, she got what she came for. The thing about Bella is you can't count her out because she literally always gets what she wants in the end. It's true. I mean, this was a big moment, a big scene. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised but uh, that, like... These two people who hadn't had sex before would choose the ocean, but they did have some trials and tribulations. It wasn't, you know, (laughs) Edward seemed to be a little bit reluctant. But yeah, I mean, that's the angle they went at. And I don't I don't mean that literally. But yes, literally. Uh, (laughs) It was interesting. Look, I mean, and honestly, it didn't disappoint because it's not like at least it was basically I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't like in the backseat of her car or something, because that wouldn't have really, that wouldn't have really fit the film. <laughs> you know, that'd be amazing. Here, here, Bella. I brought back the 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 Volkswagen. Let's get let's let's do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, this you know, I think just reading articles, this whole thing was talked about at the time. Uh, we do get a little vampire lore as well here, as a. I, I guess, again, one of the uh, housekeepers is, you know, some native of Brazil. 
and knows that Edward's a vampire and knows that Bella's a human and is really afraid for Bella's well-being. That's really all we get there, but we're about halfway through the movie, if not more, between the wedding and their sexual cottage adventures. Well, you know, you need to say sexual island adventures because sexual cottage adventures will have its own meaning in movie two. Okay, okay. Apologies. Sorry. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta get the nomenclature right because you will see the last one and be like, oh, okay, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> okay, sexual island adventures. Yes, yes. I really like how they just leave raw chicken just hanging out in the fridge and then she makes it and then she throws up. They're like, ah, oh, must be the chicken. Like, who leaves raw, <laughs> uncooked chicken, like, just in a Pyrex bowl? Like, damn it. That makes no sense. Yeah, that was- of course weird. you're going to get food poisoning, dummy. <laughs> but it wasn't. This is where we find out. <gasps> Whoa, before this, before the we, we find this big secret out. They have sex a lot, but it's just in her head? No, that's her remembering the night before. Oh, okay, okay. They go at it like bunnies the first night. Basically, like chess and guilts- stuff. Like- oh, yeah. But then she guilts them into having sex again. And one of those go-rounds gets her knocked up. But Okay, okay. But we can't move on without talking about no sex montage, which may be the first time I've ever seen a montage <laughs> dedicated to people not having sex. Okay, that's why I was a little confused. Um, so they so they have sex, and then it's a no sex montage? Yeah, because he's like, I hurt you too much, Bella. Because she's like, standard sex bruises. And he's like, nah, that's only a virgin would be like, that's too much. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I almost killed you. And the books, I think she's like, got bruised ribs and stuff but then all she wants is to have more sex with him because she's like i waited 18 years i had to get married for this we're gonna go to bone town again he's like no and then in the book she's also having dreams about babies it's it's a whole thing (laughs) okay okay so then this whole like montage is just the avoidance of sex yes it's all her trying to bone edward and edward not well this is the thing i talk about with my girlfriends too like there are many different ways to get down and dirty like he couldn't have offered up something else on the menu you know what i mean (laughs) maybe he doesn't know maybe in all these hundred years he's just unaware even though he listens to his his siblings have sex he doesn't know exactly what goes on in there it's not he's watching and he just didn't care to (laughs) ask or look it up or anything like that and none of this was talked about at his bachelor party because they were just eating pumas in the wilderness so, well, I I mean, this family are like the dumbest Googlers of all time. So like <laughs> maybe eventually if they had cell reception, he could have Googled that. But yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, there's so many things <laughs> that could have avoided, the, you know, the perceived like roughness of him. Oh, God, just so weird to even talk about. But it's so odd. But chess chess that that's what they decide on and uh other what else happens in this montage i mean that they do the book shot mm. they're playing chess because it's chess is breaking dawn's cover that's right that's right i forgot about that every movie will have a shot of the actual book cover yeah yeah and i, I always wondered like when seeing the covers like what the hell is this and i guess that's what it was from cool oh did uh, you see stephanie meyer at the wedding no who who was she She's just some rando. Bella's walking down the aisle because, like, you know, these people know nobody, so they had to like make up, like, having people at their wedding. Like, we only ever saw Bella talk to five people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let me see. Stephanie Meyer wedding. 
Yeah, she's a wedding guest. They they linger on her a little bit. I should have recognized it because it's always oh I always see. out of place. I see. Yeah, I remember her now. Yeah, I was like, who's this person? I didn't. Re- I never knew what Stephanie Meyer looked like, so that makes total sense. Um, you didn't pay attention to her in uh, Twilight when she was a diner guest. Oh, I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah, I think we even talked about that. Totally forgot. Is that her <laughs> husband who she's with? Because he just, definitely doesn't look like an actor. Um, if you like, look it up. He, she's just next to this like random person, um, and they focus. I don't on know. Him. They focus on him too. I can't imagine that it would be if only because she wrote an entire movie, a book series about how he's not fulfilling her romantically or sexually. Do you think that this husband of hers has any idea that that's the case, though? Like, oh. No, <laughs> not at all. I think they've been married. Well, okay, so they got married when she was 20 because that's what you do when you're Mormon. And if you're not going to go on your mission, you get married young. So, yeah, I have a feeling that he has no idea that this is all just like a Mormon woman being unsatisfied with her relationship. <laughs> Let's see, Christian Meyer is his name. Nope, that is not her husband. I see pictures of her husband now. Different looking dude. Yeah, you can always tell the Mormon couples because they have a benign niceness behind their eyes. You can, I can, I, I swear to God, I have like, a, I can spot a Mormon in a crowd. Well, you have the trained eye. I do not. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, where were we talking? Oh, no sex montage. Yes, that, that was great. But of course. When she eats that raw chicken, <laughs> well, you know what I mean, uh, and she vomits, they find out she's pregnant, which I guess I should have seen coming. I did not. Uh, I was very curious to what was going to happen here. Obviously, we find out in the film what happens here. It's not a nine-month pregnancy, right? No, it's like a it's like a six-week pregnancy. And can okay. we also just talk about how Alice, the dumbass, didn't realize until Bella realized she was pregnant, but Alice, in theory, should have known the moment they had sex that she was pregnant? Well, it, it's like a big flaw in these, like, people who can see the future things. But yeah, absolutely. It's so weird. Like, she called, right? Like, right after. It's like, oh, like, does she see the future, like, 10 seconds before it happens? Because that's what it seems like here. No, in in Midnight Sun, like she can like parse out multiple futures. So like she didn't she didn't even warn Edward. Guess what? You're gonna have a no sex montage. Then you're gonna get your wife pregnant. Gotcha. But like, so it's not like uh, like Doctor Strange, right? Like he sees infinite futures, so you, you can't really predict the future because you don't know which one it's gonna be. He can. She absolutely can. But Alice, they talk about this in Midnight Sun. Alice can also, she calls them like sort of like threads or a knot, so she can work her way back from the knot to see how to get to that point. That's why she's worse than Edward, because she picks and chooses Bella's future for her. (laughs) So bad. (laughs) I mean, but look, this pregnancy is when the movie really starts to kick into gear. Mm. Whether we like it or not. (laughs) (laughs) So bad. It's my favorite part, not to jump around too much, is like she's pregnant with arguably a half vampire a full vampire baby and none of these dumbasses think to give her blood until jacob thinks it's snarkily like this is my like they're so stupid these people are unforgivably stupid for people who have hundreds of years of life experience to call upon every time they're faced with a little dilemma they either have to clunkily google it or wait for some other asshole to raise their hand and tell them what to do 
it's not like their leader of the cl- of the clan is a well-educated person. Oh wait, he's like the town doctor. He should know this. I know he doesn't treat vampires all the time, but he's had many many years to perfect his craft. He should know this. You're absolutely right. It's like so it's so weird how they're just like completely perplexed by everything that's happening all the time. Right? Like they're like, "Oh, it couldn't be Victoria." They're like, "Who else hates you, you idiot?" Like every time they're caught off guard completely and especially like alice can see the future now naturally she's like i can't see the vampire baby but like which by the way they do explain in the the last movie why she couldn't it makes no sense whatsoever (laughs) and it's like come on you simpletons if the random ass house cleaner has an idea of what's going on why the fuck don't you (laughs) it's so true and uh you know they bring bella back to the compound and that's they're basically hiding her from her family and everybody uh jacob eventually catches you know wind of it goes to the house and is angry jacob as always I guess what he's angry because she's pregnant with a vampire baby and she could die. Like that's like the best reading of it. But he's just always angry anyway. I don't know. Close enough. What's your problem, Rose? It's okay. You look terrible. Yeah. It's nice to see you too. So you gonna tell me what's wrong with you? Rose, you wanna help me up? her to have an abortion so she won't die because he's basically like until until you're a vampire there's still a chance to save you and edward's kind of like well until you're a vampire there's still a chance to go back from this you know so that's basically the logic of why she's not a vampire yet right like ed what edward's saying because i was curious about that too like why why does he exactly or what does he mean when he doesn't want to turn her till after the wedding because the- they're pretty sure that that would kill the baby because these people are stupid and apparently you can't Google that. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. And uh, yeah, it doesn't. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense in the world of the movie because whatever they say goes, right? It's just, it's. Re- I just, yeah, it's just so dumb. So but is she- this? Sorry, go on. No, I was just gonna say, is this why the wolves suddenly want to kill her because they're bringing a new vampire into the clan? No, they want to kill her because the newborns um, are, they're just like, this baby's going to be like a bloodthirsty, like unadulterated killer. And they remember how we fought the newborns in the last movie? Yeah. Oh, I see. And how they're so much stronger. They're like, we, we, you can't have a newborn baby running around because they're not going to let us like regulate this baby. But at the same time, that baby's going to like kill a lot of people. It's a danger to the community. I, sometimes I just step back and like think about like the sentence that's coming out of our mouth and like what is going on. <laughs> um, okay, so question then: um, the baby <laughs> that's 
they're pretty sure it's a vampire. Well, obviously it's a vampire. It's like sucking the life force out of her. Um, they don't know. No, they don't know. They think it is. Okay. But it would make sense because it's not acting like a normal human fetus. <laughs> I mean, that it's fair to say. I mean, I, truly, this is where you lose me. It was never that clear to me, and I've read the books. So, like... Okay. <laughs> I, I wish I could give you more here, but it's really unclear. I think it's basically they think they don't know what it is. They don't necessarily think it's human. So that's why when Edward hears it talking for the first time he's like oh so maybe this thing isn't an abomination because edward is always concerned with things being abominations so that's sort of his turning point because that whole conversation with jacob is basically you're gonna kill it she won't let me kill it and i it'll kill her if i do it so i'm basically gonna let her die i'm gonna let this thing kill her and then you're gonna kill me because i let this thing kill her that was sort of the agreement. And at one, oh, I forgot about this in the books. This is so fucked up. Okay, so at one point in the books, Edward's like, what if we get rid of this baby and then you have a baby with her? And Wait. Jacob's really into, yeah, no, you heard me. What? <laughs> like, Bella's like, you can't offer up my womb to Jacob. I want to have this baby. In the books, it makes more sense why she's pushing for this baby, but I don't really want to tell you why because that becomes like the major plot point in the last movie, and I feel like you oh, might okay, think that's okay. spoilers. Okay, fair, fair. Just when but... you watch it and they start talking about, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. When they start talking about this major plot point, you're gonna be like, oh, just the context is in the books they introduce that plot point like in the first couple of pages. Gotcha, because it is jarring how everyone you know, wants the baby not to live, and she does. Um, obviously, it's her right to choose. Uh, but it is jarring just how everyone is like, no, this is not good for anybody, even the vampires themselves. Yeah, because they don't know what it is. And keep in mind, there's always the Volturi. So if you're about, to, like, they will put down newborns. And keep in mind, at the very end of this movie, like, Carlisle even had to say, Bella is a vampire. She's part of our family now. So like the Volturi rule with an iron fist. So you don't want to, you don't want to cross them by doing something that's untoward because it just gives them an excuse to like come kill you, you know? All fair, all fair. I mean, again, in the world of this. <laughs> it's so stupid. I love it so much. Oh man. <laughs> Let's, uh, I don't even remember what happens. Oh, one scene I wrote down is, I thought it was kind of stupid when all the wolves are talking to each other in wolf form. Really silly shit here. Really silly shit. What do you shit. mean kind of stupid? That is the dumbest <laughs> shit. It's like, it's like such bad CGI. We're just like hearing, oh, it's so bad. I mean, we haven't really had like too many wolf conversations like this. And now uh, you know the reason. Because it's like, <laughs> there's no way to do it that makes it look cool. Oh my God. It's just insane. It's just insane. <laughs> Like, I think I say this every time we talk about Twilight. You just have to let these movies quietly smother you in your sleep. If you fight it, you're just not going to be a happy camper. I'm not fighting it. I, I enjoyed it. It was just like, this is something where if you want to, like, I don't, I think of myself as like a innocent non-Twilight watcher at the beginning. And I'm like, oh, I'm really curious what the wolves look like. Flash forward <laughs> to here. And they're all just, like, having an argument and a conversation about, like, what they should do. A little segue, though, into, like, the wolf 
back uh, wolf stories in this one. So there's that one woman. Uh, pardon me, I'm forgetting her name. Leah. Uh, Leah. The one that yeah. they put one around. I love her. She's my second favorite after Rosalie. So, so what exactly? Just recap me from last time. Like she kind of got dumped, right? Okay, so she got dumped by Sam because Sam imprinted on Emily, who he then went on to because he lost his temper once physically um scar her for life yes and yet we're supposed to be like no nah, that's a quote that's okay he just lost his temper it's fine <laughs> because that's that's the message we want to send people so she was dating sam sam imprinted on emily who i feel like was like maybe leah's cousin so it makes it even more awkward and don't hold me to that though then leah is just like i hate always having to hear sam's thoughts in my head about Emily because he's in love with her and he's imprinted on her so she leaves the pack basically to get away from Sam when Jacob leaves because like she sees this as her opportunity to just stop always hearing about um, Sam's thoughts and how much he wants to bone Emily all the time hmm interesting (laughs) that's all you can say that's really all you can say to it (laughs) I don't understand why everyone is so hung up on monogamy in this series i mean i do because it's a mormon propaganda like series but i still don't understand like if you're a wolf and you can go run to canada tonight go get a little bit of like canadian strange like why (laughs) why be so hung up on this one dude in your small town so there's nothing really going on with her and jacob no no he just finds her annoying because Stephanie Myers can only write two types of women, ones who um, aren't as good or special as Bella and thus are jealous of Bella, and then those who love Bella just as much as we do. But those women <laughs> are few and far between in that series. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's good, but, but I... <laughs> It makes sense. It's consistent. This is the thing that you it's have consistent. to hand... Like, you do have to hand her this. Like, there's nothing not batch insane about this series, but she is pretty consistent, except when it comes to vampires' intellect. Like, again, that whole island you could have stashed her on. <laughs> it's like, I, I just... I love it. This is... It's like... You can turn your mind off when you watch Twilight. That's all. That's the best thing I can say about it. Oh, for sure. For sure. I definitely did. Uh, so, <laughs> so you know, the climax of this film really is... hey oh you know, <laughs> These, these uh, wolves are going to attack. There's kind of a wolf civil war a little bit because a couple of them are not cool with this whole new direction of the wolf thing to kill Bella and a baby. I, I get it. <laughs> and then... <laughs> The inside, whole... not so cool with these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just Bella giving birth to this demon inside her. <laughs> but wait, the way she gives birth is one of my favorite things of all time. Yes, Did you catch uh... it? Did you catch it? Because it's pretty, they don't make a big deal about the vampire cesarean in the movie, but I feel like it always needs to be called out that the baby was delivered because Edward ripped through Bella's womb with his teeth. Yeah, so I was reading the background on this, and apparently they they shot more of it where it was more obvious, but it just looked too, <laughs> too bad or something, and then they, they uh, kind of minimized it in the film because you don't really notice that too much in the film. You see it a little, but it's not like insane like uh someone takes a box cutter at some point it's like really so weird gross. it's really like not sanitary at all like this is something where i'm like oh god like it's amazing that I-, I know she barely survives but it's amazing that 
she survives even with vampire venom in her because this is insane and that's not how it works at all also like where they're making these incisions that's not what you're supposed to do i mean again i'm i'm not a doctor myself but no matter what even if she's a vampire like i don't know you tell me if you turn after these things happen don't you still have or like are you automatically healed from everything because it looks like she's healing right yeah so the only scar you'll keep is the bites so she'll be covered mm. in bite. Everything okay. else will be healed. Okay. Because, I mean, look, we saw her her boobs get perk right back up. <laughs> it's true. Okay. Okay. So that makes sense then. But still, this is a graphic. No, it doesn't. It just it doesn't make sense. Okay, it doesn't That's make sense, amazing. but it just works. I mean, I don't know. These are the rules. I'm learning the rules, okay? <laughs> Nobody knows the rules. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, I think, you know, there's some... <laughs> There's some moments before the actual birth, and we already talked about it, like discussing the baby names and such, but Carlisle's, I guess, away at the hospital when the birth actually happened. No, no, no. Carlisle is, they're out hunting to get their strength up because they, because they're stupid. They, the baby was progressing at like an, an irregular rate. So they thought they had a couple of days. So they were going to, one, go get her more blood, but two, go hunt so that he has the control he needs to save her when he turns her because Edward didn't want to be the one to turn her. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, (laughs) I get it. But so of course they decide to leave right as she's basically due. I get everyone else leaving, but Carlisle should not have left because he had to go hunting, but everyone else could do that. Right. Yeah, but the whole point was that, like, Carlyle needed his strength to turn her. It's, it is all just a convoluted way to get Edward to deliver her baby via vampire cesarean, if we're being very honest here. Everybody, you know, every expecting mother wants dreams of having the only people in the delivery room to be her recent husband and essentially the dude who's obsessed with her who didn't get to be with her. Because it ends up being like, and I get it, right, because the vampires then get, like, a little bit hungry right is that why they get kicked out of the room rosalie almost which i i don't remember if this is in the book so i don't like it when rosalie almost loses her cool like to get bella's blood when she has the um the scalpel i think that's such a cop out to my like head bitch in charge rosalie because you really think when she got that close to getting the one true thing she wanted that she would let anything ruin having her like get that baby safely no i mean when you put it like that no so it is a little silly right like plus rosalie is like has the best um control out of literally so as far as i know esme's never attacked a human carlisle's never attacked a human rosalie's never attacked a human maybe alice but edward jasper and emmett have definitely tasted humans gotcha huh oh yeah we've why would it Right? So why would it be Rosalie's, like, why would Rosalie lose her shit in that moment when she's about to get everything she wanted? That's stupid. Maybe they knew you liked her and they were like, no, we gotta, we gotta, like, make her worse just so Kate hates on her. There's, I'm telling you, there's a whole group of women who think Rosalie's by far the best character. Because she's just a fucking bitch. I love her. Is this the same group of women that meets for uh, John Cusackathons or whatever they're called? Um, yeah, I def- it's definitely, um, yeah, I'll just say that we have a, we have a Sunday movie club, which is why I had to do this 
recording early because we will be watching Fifty Shades of Grey today. Ooh, related, related. Well, we won't keep you exactly. too much longer. Don't worry. <laughs> because there's not much too much more to talk about. I knew this wasn't going to be a... I'm surprised we're like over an hour, but I knew this wasn't going to be a... I'm not. A, well, a two-hour <laughs> one because I don't know. It is pretty thin. That's the thing. It's like, it's a pretty... It's As far as plot goes, this one's pretty thin. Hmm. Okay. So let's... Uh, what? Ha- oh, we get Wolf War, Wolf Vampire War. Like the lamest one of all time. Yeah, this was a weird climax. It was like, a, it was the best climax. Hell. Oh, again, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm using that word on the vampire sex movie uh, well, it's because it's their it's their most sacred law that if you imprint on a baby, if a teenager wolf boy falls in love with a baby, no one can touch that baby. Well, exactly. So that's what I was going to get to the imprint scene, which off air you said is your favorite scene in the series. So yeah, let's explain oh, yeah. What, what exactly happens here. Well, a teenage wolf boy goes to kill a baby, as you do, but instead he falls in love with it. (laughs) We're outnumbered. By a lot. I won't let them hurt my family. Can't be harmed. It's their most absolute law. It's so fucked up. I love it so much. Like, and honestly, hats off to Taylor Lautner, because I know I've talked about how he's not a super strong actor, but there is no way to make that scene work, and he did his best in that scene. So is that literally what's happening? You kind of alluded to before that, like, he was, you know, his attraction to Bella was not actually to Bella, but to this unborn child. Yes. So it's explicitly stated in the books that at least, 
So Bella like had an obsessive need to be around him when she was pregnant. And that was actually the baby sensing that they would have a long lasting love affair. <laughs> and it is, it is love. It's not just like, cause they say like, Oh, well, you know, they have a little montage where it seems like, you know, brother, whatever you need me to be, I'll be for this baby. Yeah. Yeah. No, eventually they are going to go to bone town. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> not my favorite movie but it just does have two of my favorite scenes the vampire cesarean and a wolf boy falling in love with a baby and they're back to back too so i know like it's just like it's like um new moon i think i said this over text to you it's like new moon because it's like oh it's boring 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 bam freaky deaky vampire cult with this one it's boring 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 Bam! Weirdest shit you've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> I know, there's no real way to discuss it without coming off like a creep, because it's so fucked up. And then and then it's the highest law of wolf boy lore and land that, like, once you fall in love with the baby, that's it. You can't do anything to the baby. So he didn't make this... This was just a natural choice inside of him. He didn't make this choice like, oh... I'll, I'll make a sacrifice. I know if I imprint on this baby, I can end these hostilities now. Like, that wasn't it. Like, he just, he couldn't help himself. Correct. Wow. He fell in love with a baby wow. the natural way. <laughs> I had thought so maybe he was like, you know, saying, oh, here's a good idea. I'll imprint on this baby and then they won't die. No, no. This was, this was just the law of wolf boys taking over. Couldn't help himself from not falling in love with that baby. Insane. Absolutely insane. And it is so inappropriate <laughs> and that uh that ends up saving you know the day that ends up ending all the hostilities uh with this we- weirdo battle that's happening outside and yeah i mean <laughs> i don't know what else to say that's kind of how we end right yeah yeah well no we end with bella becoming a vampire and her oh eyes of course red. how could i forget uh you know this is a real kicker of it not that we didn't know it was going to happen but Edward injects her with his venom, like a big syringe, right into her heart. And then he, and then he also is biting her. Mm-hmm. And then Rose, uh, not Rosalie, Alice dresses her like a dead doll because <laughs> that's what Alice does. And then Carla is like, "Oh, she's being so quiet. Must be the morphine." No, Bella's just special, so she doesn't scream during her transitions. Oh, because she's special. Oh God! <laughs> and then, bam! Vampire Bella's here the end <laughs> wow and then i mean it is a cool way to end boom and the red eyes too because as we said earlier like to help preserve her they've already been she's been taking like milkshakes down of human blood uh oh sorry a blood right is it human blood yeah it's oneg wait how do they get it carla's a doctor oh so it's just like it's just like yeah it's not uh they didn't kill someone for it it's just like donated blood and stuff yeah, they're just going to the blood bank. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Cool. <laughs> I mean, not, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, do the red eyes have any significance? Yeah. So, actually, I talked about this with my girlfriends when we did Twilight, the movie club, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you All newborns have blood red eyes because of the remaining vestiges of human blood in their system from when they're turned. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Because... It never made sense to me that Rosalie had blood red eyes in those flashbacks because she wasn't actually eating them. Mm. But it does make sense if she was still a newborn doing it, getting revenge on the, the men who raped her. There you go. That's why we do this. That's so people can get the knowledge <laughs> they need to help them, help guide them through the Twilight universe. 
Oh God, I love it so much. This this is where it really goes off the rails. Like if you thought it was like, okay, this is weird, but I can kind of get behind this. This is the movie where you're like, oh my God, this is too much. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. But again, I'm glad we ended this way. I'm glad we did because, you know, it would have just been like a wedding honeymoon movie. So whatever. It's silly. It's fucked up. But this is why I started watching Twilight and uh, and we started talking about it on this podcast for weirdo shit like this. Right? Well, the best thing is, is like, if you compare the first movie to where we like, oh like end up. It's like, could you have ever predicted no. this small story about, like, a human girl falling in love with a vampire would now be, like, this far, like, to the left of normal? Absolutely not. The only inkling I had was the fact that everyone was like, oh, man, the series ends so crazy. And that's all I knew. Um, other, other than that, <laughs> it's like, it's amazing how far we've come. Again, if you listen back to those episodes, you'll hear the questions I have are so silly compared to what I'm asking now, you know? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say silly so much as, like, you were a sweet summer child who didn't know to expect vampire cesareans and teenage wolf boys falling in love with babies. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I was a little too grounded for the series, but <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> so though. good. I cannot wait for the next one. And we get a little uh, little preview what the next one's going to be about in this post credit scene that I don't even know happened that you told me to watch. I'm like, oh, shit. So I caught it on YouTube. Uh, we see... Our boy, Arrow, I think his name is. The Volteri hierarchy is there, and that's her, her really bad assist, his really bad assistant. Who is not the assistant from New Moon. Oh, okay. So they've gone through a couple assistants. So clearly they either turned that first one into a vampire, or, you know, she, she met the same fate as this chick. Yes, and I didn't realize Arrow was such a stickler for grammar and spelling. But he is. I mean, look, if you're going to be an assistant, I get it. Uh, <laughs> you got to you got to have the good grammar. But supposedly, well, again, she's also Italian, presumably, even though she's right, because they're in Italy. Yeah. So maybe she doesn't didn't get the English translation correctly on the uh, whatever wire service these vampires are using. Who knows? <laughs> but yes, so Carlisle announces that there's a new uh, member to his little clique. And it's like, oh, is Carlisle getting powerful? It's like, oh, whatever, you know, it's done. His brother, I guess, is like, it's done. Or someone he calls his brother. And he's like, no, it, it's just beginning, kind of. He's added a new member to his cover. Oh, increasing his power. First, it's the spelling and the grammar. At least our dispute with the Collins is over. Over? Mm, goodness, no. Our dispute goes far beyond the fate of a mere human. And what might it be? My brother, I thought you understood. They have something I want. And he's like, so what does he mean by like his final lines? Like that he's after he wants someone or something? Or, or, or is think, that spoiling? Think back. To, no, I mean, it is, but it isn't. Think back to New Moon. 
I, I, I don't is it I'm assuming it's Bella because everything's Bella or am I wrong no actually actually in this instance no remember he refused to destroy Edward and Alice because of their gifts oh that's interesting remember he was like I, I would hate to destroy such a fine specimen of as you because like you can see the future blah 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 gotcha gotcha I wasn't even thinking that because I just assume everything's Bella's interesting so Wow. So uh, Breaking Dawn Part 2, it's going to get crazy. It's going to get weird. You have no idea just how fucking weird it's going to get. It's so dumb. Oh, all I can tell you is when I saw that drunk out of my mind at the theaters in 2012 with my girlfriend, I remember I started a standing ovation at the end of the credits and everybody (laughs) joined it. (laughs) Oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. So we'll get that done before the end of the year for sure to conclude Twilight Forever Part 1, I suppose. But I really cannot wait to uh, get into it. It's like, this is the one that everyone's been telling me, like, oh my god, this one's gonna, you're going to love it because it's batshit crazy. <laughs> wait, so do you have any predictions for what's going to happen? I honestly, I'm trying to stay out of the prediction realm because I don't, you know, last time I predicted I was shipping Charlie and Alice. Uh, I'm trying to stay out of the prediction realm because I just want to be completely surprised. It's hard to avoid Twilight spoilers because once people see that you're podcasting about Twilight, everyone wants to talk to you about it. Uh, you know, in, in your days on Twitter, you I know you start to see some more people talking to you about it. People are talking about Twilight these days and I have to be like, no, 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 don't tell me, don't tell me. I know. I just, I honestly, I'm off Twitter right now just because I'm just sick of white men telling me about politics Especially because, like, I have a poli-sci degree. But it's like, the one thing I miss is Twilight Twitter. I miss Twilight Twitter so much. Those are my people. If you could only, like, just turn on the Twilight Twitter, that would be nice. I would love that so much. I'm I'm not coming back to Twitter until after the election. I've already decided for my own mental health. And I gotta be honest, if anyone's thinking about getting off Twitter for a little bit, do it. Because I am so much happier and calmer without it right now. Hey, I mean, can't blame you. Can't blame you. It's horrible out there. And it's just always like the moment I see a a tweet from a white guy with a blue check mark that starts with folks, like my (laughs) blood pressure going up. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm just like, I can't. I can't. If I have to have one more white guy, like, derisively call a woman a Karen with, like, absolutely no understanding of the reason why Karen is such a thing is that people expect white women to be better than they are. And the reason why there's not a male equivalent is because nobody expects a white guy to be better than what they are. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's that sort of lack of like the constant misogyny and the lack of awareness from certain people on Twitter drives me insane. Well, enjoy your month off because I'm sure, (laughs) you know, it, it, whatever you're doing is better. Uh, You know, (laughs) Twilight, Twilight Twitter misses you, but they'll they'll find you again for sure after this old oh, election. I, exactly. Twilight, I mean, listen, I love Twilight Twitter. There's nothing funnier than when someone will point out, like, why did they just make Bella Italian food? Because her name's Italian. <laughs> even, even though Kyle Lyle like, was, lived in Italy for, like, 40 years. Like, I, I, there's, I, I love it so much. That's all I can say. Godless Stephanie Myers and Twilight. So let's get through our formalities so you can go to your your f- very fun-sounding movie club. Uh, Sex G 
jeans. This is a, we call this uh, this one sex jeans because have you seen Fifty Shades of Grey? I have not seen Fifty Shades of Grey. How weird would it have been if I've seen Fifty Shades of Grey and I had not seen the Twilight film? Come on. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. He has sex jeans. What? So we call this our, the guy yeah, our has... channel. Yeah, he has jeans he has sex in. It's amazing. Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you know, it's a whole other can of worms. I'm so glad, and I know guys out there, if you want to be like, "Oh, this wasn't a high school movie." We already did all the other movies. Okay, we committed to Twilight. I'm so glad Fifty Shades of Grey is not a, a high school film because I don't know if I could do that too. It's terrible. I've only seen the first one because it was so dumb. Even me, who loves garbage, was like, "I can't, ah. can't do it." So your club for you in Fifty Shades of Grey is like me for Twilight Forever here. Isn't it isn't only because this it's all just Twilight knockoff fan fiction, so I'm gonna know the plot points because it's just Twilight with sex. Fair, fair. So like oh, good times. <laughs> good times. So so let's get into our awards though. Uh first award, Wooderson Award. Um it's hard it, it's hard for these movies because they're all the same characters, but whatever. Um, you kind of talked about a character a lot, so maybe this is the answer, but is there a character here you would have liked to see more of? Rosalie, always and forever, more Rosalie. Cool. I mean, I'd be surprised if you said any any other person, because today you really got on that soapbox for Rosalie and you convinced me. <laughs> it's not hard. They're so unlikable, all of these characters, that if you can make a case <laughs> for one being less terrible than the other, you're like, cool, I'll go with them. <laughs> Well, okay then. Long Duck Dong Award. Opposite award. Who character whose omission would make the film better? Who would you delete? I would love to say Jacob, but I can't because it's my favorite scene of all time when he falls in love with a baby. <laughs> I don't think we, I honestly don't think we impressed on that enough, even though we talked about it a lot. He falls in love with a baby, people. Wait, okay, so, but the other point is it's a CGI baby, and you have you looked at the robot baby? They were like that thing is a horror show. Yeah, have you looked at the. Ro- I, like, I I saw it's, it's a puppet, right? It's like a robot puppet that they. Yeah. It's insane, and apparently they tried to like uh, CGI like uh, their faces into the baby too, like to make it look like it was a relative to them. Or uh, yeah, it's that baby. That baby just ain't right. It's, it's like. So, so yeah, he falls in love with a bad CGI baby, but it could have been a monster robot baby, which would have been so much better. Yeah, it was some, like, they used combo of all things for this baby. Like, why? I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> crazy. But yes, guys, listen out there. Let that sink in. The whole Jacob, well, I don't know about the next part, but at least for right now, the resolution in Team Edward versus Team Jacob is that the entire time <laughs> Jacob was in love with the, the I don't know the egg of <laughs> of this future baby inside Bella not really Bella and now his true love has co- finally come to fruition so he needed Edward after all because it it brought out what he was in love with so much which is a CGI robot baby mm-hmm. and the thing that twilight twitter has asked me before and i don't have a good answer is why wasn't he in love with edward too because if it's if it's you know the components of the baby there's no good answer there you know and if there is you don't want to know it yeah 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 uh, i'm thinking i'm trying to think scientifically and this okay this is going to get into the nitty-gritty but this is the only thing i could think of that you know we're gonna get real biological here and I'm not a biologist, so I don't know. 
But like women have their eggs for like forever, right? So that's always been with her. But like maybe Edward's vampire sperm wasn't generated yet. So that's why he that's why Jacob didn't fall in love with that component yet until theoretically I don't know how long it takes, 48 hours maybe, something. It's something short, right? So like that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, but wouldn't it also if if Bella is half Charlie, wouldn't Jacob also have a weird pull towards Charlie too? Theor- well, yes and no. Yes, but like it's not like oh you know this is my girlfriend i really like her mom as well like you know like i don't know (laughs) well we don't live in this universe i can just tell you that jacob is also responsible for one of my favorite scenes and you're gonna know exactly which one because be like what the fuck is happening uh in the last movie that involves jacob and charlie oh okay tbd then tbd you will know exactly which one it is because it's it's just as weird as everything else that we've been talking about is weird, but it never gets enough love for its weirdness, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's just, it's, it's a what the fuck moment. And I just feel like when people are talking about Twilight, what the fuck moments, that one does not get brought up enough. Gotcha. I mean, I can't wait for it. I'll put it that way. I love it so much. So any character you would, Guys. any character you would delete here? Do you know what? Let's go to Sam. Sam's boring. All right. Fuck Sam. He's deleted. <laughs> okay. The next one is like, you know, too old to be a high schooler, but they're not even in high school here. So we're going to, we're going to have to skip that one. Um, so, but wait, I didn't look this up actually. Rotten Tomatoes. Well, haters are going to hate. So I'm sure it didn't get a very good. Let's see. Let's see what Rotten Tomatoes says about Twilight, the Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, part one, as it is known. by the critics, not very good, but 60% by the audience, so not too bad there. Audience liked it, critics did not, but whatever. Kate Hudson, we grade on the old report card grade, A plus to F. What will you grade? The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, part one. If it didn't have the two greatest scenes of all times, this would be a solid B minus movie for me, but because it has the two greatest scenes of all times, it is automatically A plus first in class. A plus. Wow. I mean, I'm not surprised, but it's still, (laughs) I guess I'm a little surprised because, you know, you were downplaying this one. I think you were worried about how I was going to feel about this one because, but I liked it. I mean, again, I didn't, (laughs) I don't know what I've been giving. (laughs) You like watching teenage boys fall in love with babies. Not that. (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to give this a solid B and I think that's surprising. I'm surprised. Yeah. Because Maybe I'm going crazy. Maybe I've watched too many of these films because uh, I think I've told you off air, but full disclosure, I've rewatched some of the earlier ones with friends, like maybe, you know, having a beer or whatever. (laughs) And uh, just for fun. (laughs) And I find myself like, oh, wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, snap. You know, especially if they haven't seen it or even if they have, they were like, oh, did you know those are painted on abs? You know, I've become that kind of person (laughs) with the Twilight series. So I'm buying in so much more. I'm really looking forward to, again, if you don't get sick of Twilight and if we do continue the series next year, uh, we, we, you know, Joe 2 really wants to come on from Too Fast, Too Forever. He hasn't seen all the movies. He's really excited. He hasn't? No, and that's, he's only seen a couple and that, he's waiting for us to guide him through it. <gasps> I, you guys, I will do this forever. <laughs> I will, I just, I just, Twilight has gotten me through this horrible year so much better and like... I will say this, every time I finish the saga, I automatically want to go back and start it again. And I wonder if you're going to have that sort of like sadness once it's over. 
I think so because I'm already like going back to them and, and talking about it, and I just I just feel like the you know the vampire chain continues because like I want to I want to infect I want to take that big that big syringe of Edward's venom and put it in someone else's heart you know. <laughs> people have slept on these movies for so long because they're like oh it's for teenage girls it's stupid and basically anything seen as for teenage girls is like automatically put in like the dustbin right so it's like it's really it's i guess my point is it's really gratifying to hear you talk like this because these are great b movies that just happen to have an a movie cast and budget and that's a great way to put it. That is an excellent way to put it. Uh, you know, and it also, I think what hurt it, it came out in an era, which again, I've discussed at nauseum, but that where the B movie gets shit on, you and I have talked about it, you know, like oh, yeah. everyone wants totally. movies to be, to win Oscars or be perfect. And sometimes we just want our popcorn. And sometimes we, I don't know if we want to see a teenager fall in love with a baby, but we want to see fun stuff. We want fun stuff that we can talk about with rewatchability. Like, what was that movie where Leonardo DiCaprio like won an Oscar for like killing a wolf or something? I forgot what it was. Oh, The Revenant when he wrestled. A yeah, bear. he wrestled a bear. That's what it is. How many of your friends have watched that movie over again? Not. That's what I mean. I'm not, I'm not friends with the type of person who'd <laughs> want to watch that movie over again. Fair, but like, who does? Is my point. Like, like the Reverend is not. There's no the Reverend Twitter. You know what I mean? But there's Twilight Twitter. Exactly. Thank you. That's all I can say. Thank you. So I always talk about, you know, when I wrote online and I'll, 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 I'll launch my website eventually. But it's basically like I like entertaining films. And I feel like films that set out to like have a message get so caught up in their message that they completely forget about being entertaining. Right. So like I was always sort of the black sheep when I wrote at Pajiba because I would be like, let's talk about Con Air. It's better than Citizen Kane. <laughs> and you know, and like people are like, no, it's not. I'm like, it actually is. How often do you watch Citizen Kane versus how often do you watch Con Air? And it's like, if that's, I just feel like there's my biggest thing, I guess, in pop culture and movies in general is that I feel like a lot of the joy of the medium has just been sucked out over the years for like pedantic pompous assholes and it's like give me twilight man twilight is like no one's gonna be like twilight deserves all the awards in the world except for me but (laughs) it's like you know what we are in a crisis that we'll probably never have hopefully never have to relive again 2020 has just been miserable and it's like this film series has provided an escape and so much joy to people during that like that to me is worth so much more than a stupid fucking award you know absolutely and like you know during the prime of enjoyment i'd say in film we had awards for this and people took them seriously people took like vma wait no not vma what's oh, mtv movie awards is it yeah, yeah 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 mtv movie awards seriously or like there was like the blockbuster movie awards and there was stuff like that and it was for entertainment value and that was okay and now people shit on stuff like that and you gotta win an oscar I so i i'm totally in agreement with you yeah it's just it's fun to relive these type of movies because they really unless they go direct to netflix now they're, they're just the entertaining dumb movies with a good cast those are those are hard to come by now yeah and you know you hit a good point though like i think the place where they can be found is just streaming services. Um, and hopefully, I mean, that look, that's the future anyway, right? So hopefully a lot of this stuff comes back. But 
you know, a, a guy, I don't know if it's on air or off air, but we've talked about like Adam Sandler before and Adam Sandler, like those movies are never going to win awards, but what are the most watched things on Netflix? Adam Sandler movies. Exactly. So oh, yeah. there's a reason for that. And, you know, I don't know how we got from Twilight to Adam Sandler, but it's entertainment. Let's just, <laughs> let's just entertain us guys. You can make your, I'm not saying don't make your award winning films. You can still make them, but like they shouldn't be everything like they are right now. It's just fucking Dis- like Disney franchises and Christopher Nolan who likes to smell of his own farts. I feel like th- that's all the variety we have right now. And it's just, I just, I miss Twilight. It used to be an experience. Me and my girlfriends would get real drunk, real drunk and go see them. And it was just fun. And I haven't had a movie going experience like that in years. There hasn't been any sort of event movies for women to go get trashed, get a little rowdy. And like, that was okay. I feel that acutely lacking now and maybe we'll come out of quarantine and like maybe some amazing franchise will come out and we'll be like yeah this is our new twilight but it, it just seems like it's such a relic from a time that we're never going to get back it's like you know it's it's i guess the point is it's also just been nice to sort of have that experience with this podcast series and getting you excited about it too which i did not think you'd get excited about twilight hey i mean you got me hooked and we, we just need to spread that love. And look, we're riding the wave. I'm not saying we're responsible, of course, for for the new generation of Twilight Mania, but we're riding that wave and having a good time doing it. Oh, I will say that you started this well before all these other Twilight Revival podcasts have come out. I mean, you said it. I didn't, but it's true. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, yeah, you, you got to run the circuit, Kate. You got to get booked on all these Twilight Revival podcasts. <laughs> Well, I mean, I took the I took the criticism to heart after the first one that someone said, "Why do you have her on here? It doesn't even seem like she likes these movies." <laughs> that, I was like, "Oh shit!" That did happen. That was that was a long time ago, but that did happen. It was in the before I, times, well, technically. I know, but I took that to heart. I'm like, okay, well, I need to be a better guide for Twilight because I'm shitting on it like it's my family member, and you guys don't know that I love it like a family member, so I feel like I'm allowed to shit on it. A hundred percent. And you know, it's been a great journey. And we're, we're getting a little, we're getting a little uh, retrospective now because, you know, we're almost at the end of, I know. Uh, at least I was going to say lap one, but that's what the too fast, too forever call it. But my journey in Twilight is almost at the end because I'll never be able to see these movies for the first time again. And I understand that. And that's I why I focus and I love talking with you about them because, yeah, I mean, because you think about any movie that you really enjoy and yes, it's great to rewatch things, but you always want to be in that position to the first time you saw it and the first time you're like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> I know. By the way, if we do this again, and I hope we do, we have to call it Life One, Life Two, in oh. honor of vampire like shit. <laughs> oh, I love it. Life One. I love it. So we're almost coming to the end of Life One. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, it's just. It is actually, I will tell you that these movies get so much better on rewatches. I'm not even kidding. Like, I now actively like New Moon and Breaking Dawn Part 1, and I did not before. I mean, that's great too, right? Like, sometimes, I love that about this podcast. Like, sometimes talking it out and just, and I'm sure with your, your movie group with your friends, that's fun as hell too. Sometimes talking it out makes it so much more enjoyable. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's really, I don't think that this could have come at a better year to do this that's all i can say because it has been such a pleasure to rewatch twilight as much as i have because it's just nothing like the thing about twilight during quarantine is like the stakes are so low the protagonist is so deeply stupid <laughs> that it's like 
You know what I mean? And again, you don't mean that in a fuck this medium way, which just anyone out there, just to that original question, because I'm thinking about it now, like, no. I mean, it's this is, we're both getting joy from it, and that's all that matters. That's the point, is it's so joyful. It's just a joyful watching of just sheer stupidity. And it's like, whatever you want to make fun of, if you want to make fun of it, if you want to watch it, like, there's just something for everybody in this series. And I just... Uh, I'm just really grateful, truly, to Stephanie Meyer for having had a dream about a vampire who sparkled in 2003, and now here we are. <laughs> Amen. We do have two more questions. Okay. <laughs> but but let's, let's get but to it. But they should be quick and easy ones. Um, what does your Breaking Dawn Part 1 sleeping bag look like? Oh, teeth. <laughs> in honor of the vampire cesarean, just, it just looks like sharp teeth. Simple enough. Love it. That works. That definitely works. <laughs> what about you? What about you? I don't know. I was thinking about this one. Like, do, do I do like a lot of the CGI wolves? Do I do the CGI robot baby? I don't want that. Nobody wants that, you know? Except unless you're Jacob. Unless you're Jacob. Yeah. Ah, this, this was a tough one for me. I might need to come back to this one. Let's see. Breaking Dawn part one. I don't know. The Brazil stuff was nice. It's tough because it's not. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like. I like how this is the one that stumps it, it you. It does because I don't know. Like, because I, I could give an easy answer. Sure. Oh, the chest thing that's in the cover. But come on. That's like a dumb cover if that's the cover, you know. Uh, <laughs> let me see. We don't get any flashbacks in this one, right? Yeah, we do. When? Edward and his flat cat. Oh, like, duh. the rapist. Duh. Yes. I forgot about it. And, oh, yeah, again, we didn't really dive into that, but just like 30 seconds on it. I know I dived into, oh, I thought he was gonna not going to be a virgin, but he is. But also like, oh, what a bad dude. He killed murderers and rapists. You have such, you, you feel guilty, Edward, whatever. Come on. Like they just, they set him up as such a perfect, not perfect guy, but like if that's. No, he's totally a perfect if guy. that's your flaw, I'm sorry. <laughs> You killed rapists and murderers. <laughs> I just, uh, I mean, you could be a flat cap. <laughs> it could be a flat cap. <laughs> sure. Yes. That's what I'll, that's, that'll be, somehow that's going to be on my sleeping bag. I'll do like <laughs> Okay, Kate, one of my favorite questions every week. You and I were at the magical blockbuster with every movie that's ever existed, ever. We know we're watching Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1. And of course, excluding other Twilight films, the special is rent two movies, get one free. What other two movies are we going to watch along with Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1? Our Halloween Twilight film, because that just hap- that just happens to be when we're <laughs> recording it and talking about it. Wait, is it coming out during Halloween? Yeah, well, not the day of Halloween, but like, you know, like a week before or so. So then I feel like I need to pick Halloween um, sleepover movies. So... I, I don't like scary movies, but there are two I will watch because I used to watch them at sleepovers all the time. So we're going to take Scream, the 1996 classic. Classic. And then we're going to – right? And then we're going to take I Know What You Did Last Summer because Breaking Dawn Part 1 is actually a horror movie just as much as it's anything else. What with the teenage wolf boy falling in love with a baby and the vampire cesarean. So it's going to fit right in. I, I agree. I agree. Again, maybe, you know, I, it might be just fate because that's when it – you know, we're just doing it. But whatever. It does fit in. Like I said, vampires, werewolves, lots of blood, potential demon baby, like, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff going on. So very 
films that often get talked in the same uh, sentence, Scream, and I know what you did last summer. Scream, definitely one of the most important films in horror and high school movie history because it ignited you know, one of the great moments in teen films because, oh, teen films can make money. So great choices there. Kate, this was a pleasure, as, as I've been saying for the last <laughs> 20 minutes. We'll link up for Breaking Dawn Part 2, but we do have to also finish the Hudson 5 this year. Yes. And, you know, you've, I mean, this time off air, but you've booked yourself for some others in terms of some John Waters films we'll talk about. We'll definitely get to those as well at some point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm here as long as I don't have a migraine. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking forward to it. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I was going to mention it today. Keith Coogan actually, two days ago, liked our tweets for... uh, (gasps) What was it? Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Oh, that is a get. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I wish Kate could see this. But like, I'll just tell her because I'm talking to her in like a day or two. So. <laughs> Motherfucking Keith Coogan. He is the best. Yeah, we, there's still a rando Keith Coogan film we got to do. But we'll do that at some point. Oh, yeah, there's just so much to look forward to if we can survive 2020. We, I think we can. I think we can. And, you know, <laughs> we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. But <laughs> at least we have we could end the year at some point. Uh, with Breaking Dawn Part 2. Prepare yourself. I cannot wait to, I can't wait to have this conversation with you on this. Maybe maybe it'll be a long one. Maybe it'll be a two-parter. Who knows? But we'll see. Oh, it has to be. Because I, I don't, this is not a spoiler, but it kind of is, but I'm going to tell you anyways. Because the end credits have literally shots of every single actor who has ever had a speaking role in this movie. Wow. So we can just talk about the credits for like, they have both Victorias back to back. It's so good. Wow. We might need to do like. That as, yes, we'll talk about Breaking Dawn Part 2, but we, we might need to do like a what does this all mean kind of thing. So A, a final wrap-up? Yeah, we'll yeah. do it together, but he- whatever. Uh, it'll be fun. Just make sure you have a lot of time that day. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I always have time for Twilight. Maybe by that point I'll be able to track on the book that I want, which is the film archive which should be like five dollars but assholes on ebay want 150 for it and i'm not gonna i'm not i love twilight i'm not spending 150 dollars <laughs> on a book that was 20 dollars when it came out just for like pictures of like here's what the wedding invitation looked like <laughs> you know yeah especially when you knew that like a year ago it was five dollars less than a year ago in january guys i'm telling you just there's a try this is why i know there's a twilight renaissance right now because all of the used stuff is so expensive now like i was gonna buy some used twilight dolls and then reenact con air 2 the way i envision it with the dolls and post it on youtube but the dolls are too expensive to buy just for a stupid let's not bury that in the ending here that's that's the most ridiculous (laughs) thing i've ever heard Start a GoFundMe or something. Slumbers, listen. <laughs> Give Kate Hudson money somehow. We need to see. So, wait, you said you're going to reenact or do Con Air 2 with Twilight yes. dolls? Dolls. Yeah. But also, it's a sequel to the Has Fallen series because I think that those two series intersect beautifully. So, it will be called Hummingbird Has Fallen. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So Con Air or Twilight intersect series? Uh, Connor and the Has Fallen okay, series okay. with Jared Butler. Yeah, yeah. So I have plans for t- for Edward and Jacob to be Nicolas Cage and Gerard Butler. <laughs> Just, yeah, because I thought I could, like, go get a grab bag of, like, someone's dirty old Twilight dolls for, like, 10 bucks. Not the case right now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, just on eBay, like collectibles, everything is like more expensive than it's ever been before. So I'm not surprised, but we need that to happen. Uh, You know, fellow Cage Club hosts, (laughs) let's get this going. Let's buy these for Kate and let's see this movie happen. Look, this is the Cage Club Podcast Network. 
Cage. This is a new Cage film. The guys at Cage Club could be breaking this film down. It's well, yeah, because I have plans to do it. Like I'm gonna like draw sets for it. I have the whole movie mapped out in my mind, guys. All I'm gonna tell you is that this time. Cameron Poe is on the ground, and he must work with Mike Bannon to get a plane full of convicts, John Cusack, who is running for president, and his wife back home safely. Oh, I love it. So good. So good. Well, we can't wait for that. Kate, this was a pleasure. I don't want to keep you any longer because I know the movie club awaits, but thank you so much, and we'll talk soon. Uh, You know, maybe we'll uh, squeeze a Hudson 5 before the next Twilight. Who knows? But have fun on your Twitter vacation. I will. Thanks. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> that idea for the Con Air has fallen universe crossover with Twilight Dolls? Very interesting. I <laughs> can't wait for that. I hope she actually gets that project done. Always a blast having Kate Hudson, the most popular girl in school, one of our favorite guests here on High School Slumber Party, one of the most prolific guests on High School Slumber Party. Slumber Party. Ooh, I'm getting tired. <laughs> but always a pleasure having Kate on. Wow. What an addition to our Halloween-themed month, right? It's been all over the place, but I love it. Last year, we had it really good-themed, and we really, like, you know, our Women in Horror series was great. This one's just like, let's just do whatever and have a good time. And I, I don't know, I'm having a good time. I hope you are, too. So, once again, thank you, Kate. But guess what? We're bi-weekly, and we have an episode this Friday. And the episode this Friday, I haven't even recorded it yet. I haven't even seen the movie yet. I hope I have the right version of the trailer. But the film is called Detention. I just mean that it looks like Clapton's gonna ask out Ioni, which makes about as much sense as that stupid movie Torque. Give me your iPod, salad eater. Life sucks. Forget about genocide, poverty, and political corruption. What could possibly be on my girl mind other than prom? Who gave Riley the permission to have the hots for Clapton? What does the future hold for Clapton Davis? If you're going to get your limbs ripped off by the school gorilla, find a more worthy charity than Ioni. Thank God that's not me. Ioni is an old soul trapped in a very painfully hot cheerleader body. Clapton Davis, you are more concept than reality. Your classmate, Taylor Fisher, was murdered in her bedroom this morning. I was just attacked. Sure you were, honey. Are you guys accusing me of something? There's a killer in Grizzly Lake who is affiliated with people at my school. Detention is in the library. It goes from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. That's right through prom. It can't be any of us. We're not anguished enough. Our generation has had no major struggles. What about 9-11? Afghanistan. Katrina. Heath Ledger. What? Too, Too soon. This attacker you're describing, Ms. Jones, sounds just like that horror film. Cinderella. Scream. It's not the end of the world. It's just high school. you how to make a snuff porno, Lady Gaga. So I hope that's the right version of Detention. I saw there was a bunch of versions of Detention. That's the 2012 version. It's a high school movie. 
so yeah, I mean, so Joey Lewandowski gave me a whole list of movies I should do, and I want to do them. We're not going to get to all of them. We might not even get to some of them. But I was like, Joey, you got to pick one you want to do, and you're like, I'll do Detention. And I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, you know who else likes that movie? Austin Wolf Southern. And if you guys remember, Austin Wolf Southern did the Bratz episode with us. And Bratz, wow, that was an awesome episode. That was one of my favorite episodes, one of the most surprising movies I have ever seen on High School Slumber Party. So I'm like, Joey, let's do it. The three of us, Austin Wolf Southern, Joey Lundowski, and of course me, Brian Rodriguez, talking about this movie Detention. I don't know what to expect, but I can't wait. Joey and Austin had a little beef last time. Hopefully that's been resolved. I think so, but if not, it's going to make for great podcasting. So definitely, definitely check that out on Friday. And one more thing I want to let you guys know in this Halloween season. Have fun, stay safe, but remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you can miss it. And you could probably tell that I'm super, super sleepy, that I need to head into my sleeping bag, hit the hay. And I suggest you guys do so as well, so we wake up tomorrow morning refreshed and ready, ready to go, and ready to power through the week, get to Friday, and have a kick-ass weekend. Let's leave you with another song from this soundtrack, from the Breaking Dawn Part 1 soundtrack. I Didn't Mean It by The Bell Brigade. Later, dudes.